This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Catherine Jurak. Catherine is the co-founder and COO of Qubit. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Roman. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for coming on. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Sure. So I started uh, my career in... Well, let me just start by saying... Like when you say where I am today, my journey really has been about Qubit and how I got to Qubit. And this year we are 19 years old. So it's been a while. (laughs) Okay. So if I think back of like, you know, how I, you know, how I started, how I got here, it really happened pretty much right out of college. I worked for a public accounting firm. And after that, I went to one of my clients. And, you know, I was doing well. I was, quote unquote, you know, climbing that corporate ladder. And then a few years in, my company decided to relocate to Chicago. I found out I was pregnant. And at the same time, I found out that my mom had cancer. So one of the things I learned really early on in my adult life was like plans will always change, you know. So, you know, my plan of um, climbing that corporate ladder kind of uh, changed right then and there because My husband was a uh, New York City firefighter, so the relocation definitely wasn't going to happen. I was pregnant, and then my mom was really, she was dying at the time, so I wanted to be home. So after spending uh, a year or so home, I I decided then to just get into my my own accounting practice. One of the things that was great about that was I loved getting out of the back office and getting out working with clients. So I could use like my accounting and finance skills, technology skills to serve customers. So that was really great. And during that time, I I was using or I stumbled upon this software package called Peachtree, much like Quicken, I'm sure a lot of your um, audience is familiar with. And that's really how I got involved in software. I was lucky enough to be asked to become a uh, Peachtree support person where I could use my financial background and my understanding of the technology to help customers. So in a way, that's a little bit of the back of the story because once I, you know, was using Peachtree, I started to learn about other technologies, other, other software. And one in particular was this uh, business modeling software called the data. And that's when I met Gary, who is my current uh, business partner. And we met in Waco, Texas at a customer of all places. And as I say, the rest is history. So Gary and I met, you know, in the late 90s, but we didn't establish Qubit until uh, late 2001, uh, right after 9-11. So again, best laid plans, things were not so great. And as I mentioned, my husband was a New York City firefighter. So it was pretty dark times then, but we were creative and we persevered. So, you know, at first it was really just Gary and I, and what we do is we, we help companies build budget, budgeting, forecasting applications, 
that use data from a whole bunch of different systems, like their general ledger, their payroll system, sales journals, um, customer journals. Um, we really understood the financial calculations and we understood how the data was created and stored. And at that time, those combination of skills were pretty scarce. So we kind of really were on the forefront of the data analytics revolution. Based on our success that we were having, we quickly realized we had something special. But um, but then the question was like, you know, how do we how do we grow this or how do we, you know, capitalize on this opportunity? So that's when we started to really build our team. And um, so then really, you know, over the next 20 years or, you know, almost 20 years, we started to build um, what is now a um, over 100 person company. And if I when I look back, I can say there's like really three significant events that helped us get from two to over a hundred, hundred person company. And the first one was an acquisition of another company, a similar um, organization like ours, similar in size, but they had different types of skills and talents. Um, so that was, um, that was pretty interesting because here we were a small company and even the thought of acquiring a company was so foreign to me and it was, you know, it was like just taking a chance and saying, oh, can we do this? And we just happened to meet this uh, gentleman, Richard Kreese. And, you know, we really connected and we were in this same business, but different different customer bases. So he was looking to retire and we were looking to grow. So it was like a perfect opportunity. And so we acquired Kreese Richmond and that was great. The next the next event that that or the next thing that we actually did at Qubit that, that really helped us grow and really continuation of this journey was we decided to start our own training and development program. Um, you know, we were in this field of, you know, analytics, um, it's really budgeting, planning, so it's a combination of technology and finance. And honestly, we were having trouble, you know, hiring people. We just couldn't find the right talent. So we decided, why don't we, um, why don't we go out and find some really smart kids or, you know, firing professionals and train them. So we went out to colleges and we went to career fairs and where we ended up hiring. We hired mathematicians, engineers, all types of engineers um, and some finance folks. And then we developed a training program. And what was great about that was that that helped build our team because we would we'd hire two two groups one in the summer and one in the winter so now we were able to hire uh, a bunch of kids and they could come together and they had their little um, cohort their team they got to know each other and they learned together so that really you know that um, helped us over the course of six to seven years add about 60 consultants to our team so that was really more successful than I could have ever imagined and then the other thing we did um, a little bit after we started our training program was um, in the establishment of a, a sales organization. Um, we had someone, um, another Gary, come to us from from one of our uh, our partners, IBM, and you know he actually came to us with a proposal about joining our team, and it, it couldn't have happened at a better time because he really wanted to come in and help build build a sales team. And now that we were, you know, we were, you know, bringing on new consultants, we actually, we really did need uh, someone that could go out there and get business so that we could, uh, we could feed all of those mouths. Um, so, 
So those are the three things I think that really have kind of led us to where we are today. And, and it's, it, you know, the, the, they were really the catalyst for the growth and the nurture of our company culture, um, having these cohorts, having training sessions, everyone starts to get to know each other. Um, and it was really important because, especially important because since the beginning, so back to 2001, we started Qubit really with a vision of having a completely virtual company. And at that time, that was, that was a little bit um, unusual. But again, all of these things really have added and, and we've been able, despite being virtual, we've been able to really build a, um, a great company culture and establish a brand for ourselves. That's awesome. And I think obviously we're often defined by, by the personal things that happen in our life and then obviously starting a business and what transpires there and you know, kind of looking back, what happened in your personal life kind of set you up and got you to a point where starting Qubit was possible. And obviously it's interesting as well that Qubit was started in another kind of tumultuous time, which now we're going through as well. And the fact that the company was remote to begin with is is great now in terms of people being able to adapt to their current kind of work environments and uh, relationships with clients. Obviously you have that wrench if, you know, people have kids that are kind of school age kids or even kids in college that are coming back home and they're quarantined, but, you know, a gift and a curse per se. And I think it's interesting also that business in terms of planning, in, in terms of these tough times, are moving a little bit in terms of the rationale and mindset from, you know, a predictive model to a more agile approach. Well, in some ways you just kind of described our whole journey. I mean, you know, a few things, you know, you have to take opportunities as they present themselves. Um, you know, your best laid plans, you know, sometimes never happen. So they, if your plans change, you have to really adapt, you know, and I think we're seeing that, especially today in this environment. And as you said, you know, we were, we really were one of, are one of the lucky companies um, because we have established a virtual working environment. You know, we, un, we've, we've had 18 years, you know, 19 years of figuring out what are the challenges with a virtual working environment. So we're pretty well equipped to, you know, adapt to this new environment. And we can also help our customers too, because we have been doing it for a while. It, it really hasn't, it, it has impacted us, yes, of course, because new businesses are coming in and our customers are, are being challenged. But from an actual working perspective, you know, everyone here at Qubit is used to this, this, this way of working. So it, it's actually, um, it's been interesting, but we really feel very fortunate because of it. You know, we've been able to continue without too many hiccups. Yeah, it's funny. I actually saw a, a business cartoon where there are people in a boardroom and saying we don't need to uh, focus on digital transformation. And then there's like a, a wrecking ball that's basically the coronavirus <laughs> throws you right into that situation. Um, yeah, and I think we're going to see more and more of that. Any of these companies that have been, um, you know, hesitating or feeling like they uh, weren't ready to move to to and you know embark on a digital. Um, uh, project, I think we're going to see many, many more of those to come in the future. Yeah, I do as well. So what motivates you to succeed? When I think about like what motivates me, you know, I think about, well, what is it that drives me? And 
I think it's really just the feeling that you get when you've accomplished something or when you master something. It's like, yes, I've got it. Yes, I can do it. And I've always had this, uh, I don't know, it's almost like, like it can, like this insatiable desire to do something, do it really well. And, and this usually, I mean, I, you know, I grew up in a time where, uh, you know, women were not as much into sports. So it wasn't until I became an adult that I got, you know, I, I started to play tennis and I started to ski and I started to golf. And I found then doing those types of activities that it was almost like this insatiable desire to master something. And then I think about work and I think about, well, learning software and learning some of the technologies. It was the same thing. It was like I had worked till two, three in the morning to solve a problem. So I'm not sure exactly what it is, but I think it's just that desire, um, you know, persistence to actually master something. I also hear in my, my year all the time, my dad always saying like, never give up, never give up. You know, you're just as good as anyone else. It doesn't matter how many times you do something, you know, you can, you can achieve the same, you know, you can achieve it. Um, the other thing that's really motivating to me now, like within Cubit, is I think the most the thing that I'm most proud of, but it, it also motivates me to help educate more is when I see these young kids that really came out of college and that we were able to train and give them the confidence to go out and work with our clients and learn technology and understand people. And when I see them, you know, either up on a stage presenting or conducting a, a design session with one of my customers, it's, it's so rewarding. So I think that, that also motivates me. It motivates me to want to continue to see them grow. It's, um, it, it's great. It's great to see where, where they've, you know, how far they've come. Yeah, I agree. And also kind of the, the job being done is, you know, helping create jobs, save jobs, you know, grow companies, make companies more streamlined. So there's that added kind of gratification where you're directly responsible for success of your client. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes when I think about, you know, what we do, I say, oh, well, you know, I'm not saving the world, but hey, I but we are um, employing, you know, 100 people. We're putting food on uh, their table. We're taking help taking care of their families. We're, we're um, providing health care. So yeah, that all, that all, it, it is a good feeling at the end of the day. I, I feel that we've, you know, succeeded in contributing to society. Yeah, I agree. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? Um, well, like, like many folks, I'm sure over the, to my career or my life, maybe I, when I was younger, I don't think it, I noticed it or it impacted me as much, but you know, at least in my adult life, you know, I haven't suffered, I have suffered a lot from that imposter syndrome. And I'm sure, again, many of your, uh, you know, your listeners have heard about that um, from early on in my career, because I feel like I've always been successful, or at least I was always offered opportunities that, like I was always offered the opportunity. I was, I was recruited for my clients. I was promoted at my job numerous times. Like, and I always felt like I was doing well, but I didn't know what I was doing that, that I deserve, you know, all those accolades. And again, I don't know, again, that's, you know, insecurities, um, you know, just always felt that people thought I knew a lot more than I did. 
So my self-confidence at times has suffered. But um, but one thing about getting older, it does give you the ability to have some perspective. And especially in the last few years, you know, I can look back and I can see, you know, what I've achieved. Again, like I was saying, like we've built this company and given people jobs. And just how I've persevered despite, you know, some of those insecurities and pursued my goals. I mean, you know, so I've been able to succeed. So I feel like I can be much more sensitive to other people. You know, the, the younger professionals in my company, you know, I feel like I have a lot of empathy for them. If I see them struggling, I can offer them encouragement. I, I'm not so quick to judge people because sometimes, you know, I know with myself, I felt like I was being judged. Sometimes people just need a little bit of uh, support and they need some encouragement and also just some confidence from someone external to be able to, you know, see their, their talents and not only encourage them, but challenge them to take the next step because, you know, then they will gain confidence from that. So I, I feel like it's, it's helped me become a better leader, a better manager. I can be their cheerleader. So I, I think that's what I would I would say if I had to look at what my weaknesses were. Yeah, and I think over time, uh, people develop, well, hopefully most people, obviously some don't, in terms of a uh, emotional empathy, a better emotional IQ, and a better self-awareness through experiences. And obviously those experiences take time, but I think everyone to a certain extent uh, you know, is anxious or self-conscious about something. It's just, you know, how they show it or choose to show it. I know in terms of public speaking, there is a survey that people have taken that they said they would rather die than talk in front of a group of people. <laughs> so I think everybody has that. And even like the biggest speakers, your Tony Robbins, your, you know, other people that are motivational speakers and command large audiences, they just do a, a good job coping with it and kind of get past it in their own ways. Yeah, I think everybody has their challenges and and that's a little bit about overcoming your, you know, insecurities is also realizing that everybody has, you know, their own insecurities. <laughs> so you're not the only one and that um, and, and and you know Roman, you know, I mean we've worked together like I have my own challenges with the speaking, etc. But yeah, I, I think that it gives me a, a better perspective of, you know, helping just helping people succeed in general. Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience? Well, of course, like I said, I, I hear my dad in my, the back of my head, like, you know, never give up, conceive anything, you know, if you put your mind to it. Set your expectations in small bites. So if you want to get somewhere or be something or, you know, master a skill or a sport, you have to break it down. So there, you know, you can break it down to achievable tasks. So realize that, you know, nobody knows everything, you know, you know, it's, it's okay not to know everything, but always know where to look for an answer. And the other thing, you know, as far as like advice, I am so much about passion. I'm passionate about my, I, I'm passionate about skiing. I'm passionate about golf. I'm passionate about Cubit. I'm passionate about seeing people succeed. And I, I, I think that everyone that has a passion, like it, comes through so much and it can be contagious and I, and I just think if you're especially at a job if you're working at something and and you're not passionate about either something in your life or what you're doing 
you know, like life's too short, you know, you, you and, and it's too precious to do something you don't like. So it's really important to find passion in life and have fun. Yeah, I agree. I, right now is actually a good time that maybe if you aren't passionate about either what you do or if you're looking for something that, you know, in your personal life, like a hobby or something like that or figuring out a side hustle or something you can do to really add to that kind of quality of life. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure most people are going a little stir crazy, that it's a great time to utilize that time to focus on something positive and not necessarily, you know, dwell of the fear of the unknown. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like, you know, if you're passionate about something, you're motivated. If you're motivated, you feel good. You know, it, it's just like, I don't know. I, I, I think this is a great time for us to use this time productively. You know, every day I wake up, you know, these, these last few weeks, I keep telling myself, okay, what am I going to say to myself, you know, when this is over? Like, did I use this time productively? Did I, um, you know... Did I work out? Did I learn something new? Did I keep in touch with people? Did I help people? So I think, again, like you said, especially this time right now with this pandemic, um, use your time wisely and, and, and seek out something that you might, uh, you know, you never had time to learn, but now you do. I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you and more about Qubit? Sure. Well, you can find out more about Qubit at www.qubit.com. You can reach me at cjurak at qubit.com. And I'm on LinkedIn. And yeah, I think that's about it. But um, thanks so much for having me today. I really enjoyed this, Roman. Uh, be well, stay safe, and stay healthy. Thank you. Thanks again for stopping by. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.